0: Welcome back to Travel Tales from the Nerdbirds. This is our June 2023 episode. I am Rachel and I am here with Brendan. And well, actually, okay, I need to backtrack a little bit here. So we've been having episodes that were somewhat related to Pilot Sarah's retirement flight, which happened back in January of 2023. Most of us nerdbirds were on her final flight, which happened to originate in washington d c but during that same weekend, um, a certain other nerd bird was uh busy gallivanting around another town nearby <clears throat> New York City so this is your penance episode, Brendan. <laughs> Okay. Because you happen to go and see an amazing, relevant exhibit for all of us in Nerdbird land. And uh, I think, you know, it's sort of like bringing back the design series a little bit. We used to oh, have yeah. these design series episodes years ago. Now I can say years ago. That's cool. We are. Yeah, you seasoned... don't want to. You don't want to eat us.
1: You don't want to age us.
0: I hate. Actually, I hate it when people say I'm a seasoned whatever. I feel like I want to go sprinkle salt on them.
1: Right? It's like um, I haven't been marinating in my years. What are you people talking about? <sighs> but uh, what I have been to is this amazing exhibit that was at Poster House, a museum in the Chelsea neighborhood of New York City, that was all about the subversive genius of Air India's posters and billboards in the, really in the, the 40s and all the way through the 70s. The focus of their exhibit was really a specific character that Air India used as their their mascot. It was a, a maharaja his alias was The Rogue. A designer named Bobby Kuka came up with him in 1946, and it was initially used for an in in-slight memo pad. So he was like a corporate mascot. They decided to use him in marketing campaigns for their very colorful travel posters that started to surface as the airline grew and expanded their route now. They really took a unique approach with their design that was very reverent and a little bit controversial in some of the, the cities where they showed their advertising. One of the
0: cool things about this exhibit is that Poster House put up a 65-page PDF showcasing all of the posters and other interesting memorabilia of this exhibit, So we're going to put it on, post it on our show notes on our website, nerdbirds.co, but Brendan and I have the PDF in front of us. So if you want to go and download this, you, the listener, as we talk through things in different pages, feel free to travel along with us. We did this before with fashion and flight and airline visual identity which i really you know when i think about this when we did this for the book airline visual identity which was about the same decades right the 1940s to the 1960s 70s
1: yeah that was
0: so western centric and this is what i loved about this that like india is the world's most populous country now it was coming out of the throes of colonialism this was a new country right in 1947 we're really getting to see a very different culture. I mean, I had to look up a lot of words. Uh (laughs) I didn't even know what a Maharaja was. It took me a while to understand. Those were the princes, right, before independence of the different states. And then apparently his nose, an aquiline nose, I had big words scare me, but that's sort of like the eagle hook nose. So this Maharaja that you'll see sketches of throughout this exhibit and through through a lot of Air India's marketing materials. Now I kept looking at his nose. I'm like, is that really an Eagle beak nose? (laughs) (laughs)
1: But yes, I've got some great photos of the exhibit that we also have up on the site as well. And one of the really cool things about this exhibit, I have to say that I loved, was that they actually produced a recreation of the style guide for this whole campaign and the the identity, it was free to take if you went to the exhibit. Uh, sadly, the exhibit is not there anymore. It was only from September 9th, 2022 to February 12th, 2023. The San Francisco Airport Museum has a copy. It happened.
0: <laughs> yes, I, I go to my mailbox. I'm like, why do I have copies of this Air India style <laughs> guy from Brendan? What's going on here? And I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And this was very different. I had to explain to them you know that this was something different and i hadn't really looked at the exhibit i didn't know you could see the exhibit um online or this catalog and now that i really read through this i'm like dang it i wish i'd kept the style guide around <laughs> before donating them because oh yeah now i really want to go back in and
1: look you at. yeah the embarrassing thing is i don't think i kept a copy for myself either because right? i was looking i was looking through my bookcase before we recorded and i was like uh where is my copy of the style? Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> well. <laughs> I don't think it's there, but you know what? That's okay. It's in a, it's in a safe place now. And besides, I don't really need the style guide to wax poetic about all the things I loved about this exhibit. It was just it's so f- funky so neatly right put together. so
0: cheeky well mm-hmm. speaking of cheeky i remember like page four the first one of the first images was a poster that says it's new york and it shows mm-hmm. a maharaja the turban and bunny ears and he's wearing a playboy bunny outfit
1: <laughs> the little bunny poof <laughs> oh yeah like full bustier and butt flossy
0: yeah i guess and then the fishnet
1: with the like pom-pom on the back to make it look like a bunny tail
0: i thought okay well this is not a typical airline (laughs) this this blow (laughs) this blows it all out of the water you know i just think of what what was the other ones in the u.s that really stood out with the women in the 70s with the the go-go boots and the short skirts the ones are like braniff right the more controversial yeah Yeah. this this is not even (laughs) this is a different league Altogether, yeah,
1: and and one thing that was really surprising and and you know, kind of bracing again was for for things as simple as like their luggage identification stickers and tags, you know, so they knew where stuff was going. They did these illustrations that, you know, I think through a modern lens might feel a little like definitely stereotypical, possibly racist. It was like these extreme caricatures of cultures all of these destinations like to hong kong you have a person bowing to the maharaja and they're wearing sort of like field workers oh i see
0: this is page 22 and uh, they, they show them all
1: yeah in zurich you've got your your yodeler and in, in bombay they're they're hugging somebody else from india which is interesting because that, that kind of suggests that like in most of these people are just like Shaking hands or bowing towards each other, but in in India they're hugging.
0: Well, no, they're actually kissing too in in Nairo, for Nairobi. But I think when I read through the captions in here, what they were trying to do was um, like for Tokyo, it was bowing because in Japan you bow. So they were trying to be respectful mm-hmm. to the culture. How you greet each other. And uh, but apparently, if you look at the Nairobi one, um, I guess someone in Africa took offense. It's like can't you find something more a fitting description of emerging Africa? And it's like, whoa. So, there was a lot of dancing around because this is, you know, yeah. colonialism and independence. Things are changing and shifting. And so, it was re- this is a fascinating time period where you see a lot of contrast, where you kind of go, whoa. But that then hurt. I realized, whoa, things are changing though, too. And they could sort of get away with this cartoonish character who is, it's almost like he was this royalty that had to retire once India became a democracy, right? Now he's tootling around the world post-retirement, <laughs> trying to like learn about other cultures. It was almost like a little storyline, which I found charming and also baffling. You know, it's a mix, I had a whole mix of emotions about all of this.
1: Yeah, and it's wild. Like they even did like public service announcement. Advertising with this character too, like the smoking. Um, <laughs> it, he he really just yeah the smoking is a health hazard thing or the India for big game and save the wildlife poster
0: and President Nixon like he had no problem Air India had no problem apparently putting out <laughs> a thing mm-hmm. in in the U.S. <laughs> basically you know size kind of giving the stank eye to then. President Nixon, I'm like, whoa, this is really uh you could tell they were always dancing on the edge. And, you know, I feel like nowadays you can't really dance on the edge with cancel culture and everything else.
1: It is tricky, yeah. That you you have to be really, really self-aware and really engaged with the other cultures that might be represented in something. But, you know, they also did stuff that was less edgy, more fun and irreverent. Like there's this great one for Rome where the Maharaja is sort of playing the role of a snake charmer, except what he's charming is his plate of spaghetti into spelling out the name of the city.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Page 13.
1: Yes. It wasn't always about really like causing a stir, but it was definitely always about getting people's attention and, and making them trying to find different ways to make them smile.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you know, the funny thing was for each of these though, I mean, I love that. I was like, oh, that's so clever. And a lot of these clever portrayals won lots of design awards.
1: Mm -hmm. In the
0: same time, when I read through the bullet points, it was like, you know, for that one uh, on Rome, it said, in such posters, Air India hoped to present an exoticized version of India, the land of Raja, snake charmers, and fakirs, or Hindu aesthetics. It said, while this tactic was good for business, it was often criticized for encouraging a false, false and outmoded ideas about the country. At this, so again, these contradictions, right? At the same time, like, then it would win awards for clever design. <laughs> so it was just. Like,
1: yeah, I think I think one of the reasons that they got away with being so irreverent and sometimes edgy with how they portrayed other nations was because the way they portrayed themselves was done in sort of the same Voice, so to speak. Like, they were also making fun of themselves at the same time. Right. So it was, I think that helped make things less controversial than they could have been.
0: Which you know, and it's interesting because apparently this Maharaja transcended Air India. So if you look at page 15, like Air India apparently released these, I, I don't know if they're ceramic or plastic figures, but they became so, this Maharaja became so loved in India that you would find them in Indian homes. And, you know, like the equivalent of the mantle, on the mantle kind of thing in the U.S. or, you know, somewhere in Western Europe. They were talking about the power of the advertising. You uh, you immediately knew when you saw what this was, and it became larger than life.
1: Yeah. And not to not to make it too much of a trope, but he he kind of became their, India's equivalent to Mickey Mouse in some ways. You know,
0: yeah, I could see.
1: He, um, he was a very, very successful corporate mascot.
0: So I was really fascinated. I mean, there was, you know, it was so timely, like things about when meditation became a thing and like the Beatles and other rock stars and Hollywood, famous celebrities got into it. They created different banners and billboard type ads talking about the Maharaja doing that. And, you know, it was also staying true to elements of their culture, not becoming westernized, which I think a lot of other culture. there's this pressure, right, to be more western in dress and mannerism and they were very much like no we're not (laughs) which i think we did talk about that before how not you know
1: yeah a great example of that was the the end that they ran in uh, 1960 that said our corporate image page 36 when they was an advertisement they put in in newspapers and magazines to announce the launch of their service between new york and london Because back then, uh, I mean, the only way they could get to the United States was what we would call today, like, assist freedom route, because the planes just simply couldn't travel from from there to here in one go. This ad that very much was like, because New York to London is obviously a very business forward route, especially back in the 1960s. This this ad is just very upfront about, yeah, our corporate image is this guy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I loved it. Until recently, we had no (laughs) idea what a corporate image was. In fact... For 12 years yeah. now, we've naively assumed that our serve, sumptuous service or dependability of all of that was, you know, what captured the hearts of millions of travelers. But then we learned that every company in the U.S. must have a corporate image. Well, fortunately, we have the Maharaja, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so they show this boardroom with a, a Maharaja, you know, on the, on the wall bowing. And I loved it. It was just like, really? it's cheeky, right? It's sort of like very subtly poking, Good. but in a fun way.
1: Uh-huh. And
0: Subversive, as you said.
1: Yeah, and there's a great set of of picture of posters they did for their route to Paris that kind of inserted the maharaja into very famous French impressionist paintings. Uh my favorite one I think is actually this one that Tommy Unger designed and he's this amazing illustrator who is fairly known for being off the wall and occasionally quite racy with his creations like he even i've been to the i've been to his museum in Strasbourg, which is fantastic as well like he illustrated a version of the kama sutra that uses all frogs
0: oh i saw this oh this was on page 48 the joy of frogs they they mentioned that
1: and and at the museum in Strasbourg, saw postcards of some of the scenes. It's hilarious. Oh my gosh. I, I I might have bought several and sent them to my <laughs> friends. The Air India poster was really kind of funny because it, like it was very Tell Me Hunger. Oh, this is page forty eight. Was
0: this the uh, page forty eight and forty nine?
1: There's two. Well, it's the same poster. Uh, oh, wow. 49 just shows it well, on no, the Well, no, it flipped him. It but, shows, uh,
0: you notice? So they had to make it less racy. Oh, it does flip him. Now he's blushing. Less racy. Well, I'll have you explain the, the yeah, poster, well, but then what they had to do, for sanitize it for the calendar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think the original version, like he was getting a little too engaged with the model in the painting. But I think the thing that cracked me up the most was how... In the painting, the Maharaj is actually rendered as Cupid, like this little baby (laughs) flying overhead, and yet that still that still manages to capture his mischievous sort of spirit, because like the Cupid very much behaves in the way I think the Maharaj does in most of. That's fair. Which,
0: you know, it's funny because the Maharaja also didn't have a problem dressing in other people's culture, um, cultures and costumes. So I actually went and looked at more recent Air India posters from like 2017, 2018. And it's hilarious. Like for a flight to Spain, uh, the Maharaja dresses up as a bullfighter in costume. And then for the U.S., he dresses up as Uncle Sam. <laughs> so i you know uh-huh. there's all this play with appropriation as well which i love having seen being thrown back at us because usually it's western cultures appropriating other cultures right so i love the fact that other cultures are appropriate you know now kind of kind of flipping it flipping the script a little yeah i just kind of giggled kind of quietly at and some of these too um you know where i think they were also like You know, trying to expose Indian art by showing like classical Indian art, but making a little twist to it So in subsequent pages like in the 50s.
1: Yeah, I think an effective marketing strategy and then really was not just making people interested in that character, but making people interested in the culture of India as well.
0: Right. I think like that on page 60, the International Certificate of Vaccination which was really fun because it's it said Fly Air India, the airline that loves you. And it shows the Maharaja flying in this chariot that has, it's like, it looks like an Indian temple and with a bird juxtaposed with a banner at the top that says 747, which I'm assuming is the Boeing 747. One would imagine. Right? But this is called the Pushpaka Vimana which is described in Hindu texts as a legendary flying chariot with a swan-like head of a Hamsa bird. Like, I feel like I'm learning things, but this is what I love about it, right? That they're bringing in
1: Mm -hmm. classical
0: things very much in line with their culture and making a little twist to modernize it in different ways for the time. It's just fun. The whole thing felt overall very lighthearted and fun.
1: Oh, yeah. It reminded me a lot our sacred era and it's unusual willing to embrace such a creative approach to their overall brand strategy you know it's it's i think it's one thing to have one-off campaigns where you're a little bit crookier than you normally are you know they they fully embraced this character as sort of like the dna of the airline i think that gave them a very unique position in in the industry
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Not just creatively, but also for the whole experience of flying air India.
0: Which is funny. I don't I need to ask David because David and I have both been to India. We I, we did record in a podcast episode some years ago. <laughs> I keep saying this some years ago, but I, I can't just say like a few episodes ago now, because this is what we're almost at one, episode one seventy. Um, but I don't know gang <laughs> we have gravitas now. I think we should embrace it, honestly. How many, you know, think about it. When the pandemic started, everyone was podcasting, right? Because that was just the thing to do.
1: Well, it's because everyone was bored.
0: Right. Well, how many people are still doing it three years later, right? Like, we should be embracing this. But anyway, I don't know if uh, David flew Air India. I need to ask him because I think I flew Northwest. So part of me is very curious now about Air India's service and... I mean, if Ava Air uses Hello Kitty, Air India uses Maharaja. So, yeah, that's so very cool. You know, I wonder, I'm going to have to go look at the website again to, um, to see if the style guide. I'm sure if they uploaded this amazing 65-page catalog, I'm sure the style guide or elements of it must be in there as well. So so this is called Poster House. And it's is it like a museum with exhibits, in a sense, or is it?
1: Oh, yeah. It is a museum specifically dedicated to poster art they will do sometimes exhibits on commercial things like this but there's also more esoteric exhibits they've had on display where like they'll feature a particular artist who ex- to, who creates art specifically through the medium of posters. I saw something there on a previous trip where they, they were featuring somebody who would actually go and like take posters from New York City subway stations. And repurpose them in new forms of art, often as new posters where they would just like cut everything up and create a completely different poster out of. Art. Oh, I love
0: collage art like that. That's so cool. Yeah. That would be kind of a fun exercise to do here with the Air India posters. Hmm. You could do a so whole sure. like spectrum of the. I mean, it's just, yeah, I could actually imagine making a globe yeah. and then putting the Maharaja with all of his different variations of things in like mm-hmm. a whole...
1: Sounds like somebody's got a summer project. Oh, maybe.
0: Look at that. Look at that. Well, okay. So that's very cool. The next time in New York, I definitely need to go check out Poster House. While you didn't make it on to Pilot Sarah's final flight, you actually came to SFO a few days later because she actually had her true retirement celebration. Because when you're retiring from a commercial airline, you're turning 65. So she couldn't fly on her birthday, but she had a party that day. So you came up to SFO. And because there are so many art exhibits everywhere, we actually happened to have some time where I kind of took you around. And what, what struck you? which was I thought was really a lot of fun, and I'm going to put the video up on the show notes, was this connector over in in United, which we called like it's low ceilings. It's kind of depressing from the 70s. Right before the pandemic, they were going to tear this down and start something new. But as soon as you walk through it, you like light up. It felt like the interior of your DC-10 and that like the top parts, the top parts actually looked like when you looked at it, looked like the overhead bins and I stopped and I realized wait it's low they look like overhead bins and I was like do you think this is and you went intentional hmm Uh, (laughs) and then I realized (laughs) I really felt like this long corridor with these but it was lined with these windows on both sides and the afternoon sunlight's coming through and suddenly I just had this feeling of when you're on a plane, when that afternoon sunlight's coming through, and just everything feels really warm and just lights up the cabin, I just had that flash of that, and I thought, "Wow, sometimes it takes an outsider to notice things that I just see all the time." You're, you're giggling now. Look <laughs>
1: at yeah, It was it was actually a pretty it was it was a pretty great moment. I I had I, I it was funny because I was looking at the picture. I'm like, "What got me so excited about?" Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that, that was really cool. I, there was also a lot of great art on display when when we were there, and right. some of it was things that I just hadn't seen before, like the the murals that are in the boarding areas, two stories tall.
0: Yes, over in the international terminal. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Because you being based out of L.A., you would not necessarily see okay. the San Francisco Airport International Terminal in terms of boarding. And yes, these two-story murals are just, wow. You know, again, something people are already saying that the International Terminal feels dated because it was completed in 2000. It's like dark in some areas, kind of that gray steel, uh, cold in other areas. But I still, I still find a lot of wonder Going through there, and I'll never forget oh, the yeah. first time I walked in. You know, I had not, I had never flown nonstop to Europe from the West Coast, and I was walking in the international terminal to this. You know, the idea is the ceiling is actually cross sections of an airplane wing. That was the way it was designed, so it's this just huge lit cavern of space and there's people bustling by it felt like a grand central station and i'm just standing there at this entrance just sort of blown away <laughs> with my suitcase kind of looking like wow and then you fast forward a few years and the hari krishna was there at check-in <laughs> british airways and we're all like what the heck is going on and it just got even more hilarious i've i've been you know and then so you know,
1: really was like the opening of airplane the movie
0: it was very <laughs> surreal. No, I mean, when I walked in, I instantly smelled incense. I thought, what's going on? And Hello. at one point, you know, after I was trying to check in at the British Airways, nobody knew what was going on. I turned around. And there was this old Indian grandmother woman, all dressed in white, sitting surrounded by all these people dressed in orange. And someone had a string holding up a string. The string was coming down to her lap. And they were taking the Japanese origami cranes and sending them down the string and they would land into her lap while people were playing like drums and flutes. And I'm like, I know I'm in San Francisco, but this is like- That's (laughs)
1: amazing.
0: And then it got even better. So when I get to security at this point, the whole procession's following her and they're drumming and chanting. And there's this big, tall SFPD dude. And he's just arms folded, shaking his head. And I'm like, hey, do you know what's going on? And he does the whole little hand down. this very he's like hello it's the hari krishna i'm like i don't know what that is i thought it was like a buddhist thing he's like buddhist cult whatever it's all the same I'm like hey wait a minute <laughs> i get up to security and he's like are you part of the hari krishna i'm like do i look like i'm part of the hari krishna and he's like if you say you're with the hari krishna i'll put you in the priority security lane so i was like oh um. <laughs> i started to bow <laughs>
1: So I, okay, I did not know that the Hare Krishna's got special treatment insecurity.
0: I get into this British Airways plane, and I'm in premium economy. I sit down, I instantly smell incense, patchouli oil, turn around, there's some like hippie with a dread sack on by me. I'm like, oh no, don't tell me they're all on the flight too. And then all kinds of hilarious things started to happen on the flight, like the seatbelt sign, they could not turn off at all because as soon as they turn it off, it would just go, you know how we do this? It would just do this. As long as the seatbelt sign was off. It drove everyone. (laughs) So they as soon as they turned the seatbelt sign on, it stopped. And they kept trying this and they would just keep doing this, right? And finally they're like, okay, you know, we're going to leave the seatbelt sign on, but we're going to let you know when we turn it off, but we can't turn it off unless you want to hear the dinging. We hope you understand. They say in this understated British way, right? (laughs) And then, so after, this is the final part. After dinner, I grab my toothbrush. And there's only 12 of us in this little premium economy cabin. And there's one laugh. So I'm like, be lying for it. I want to be the first one in. Well, the door's locked. I thought, oh, wow, that was quick. Who's in there? Ten minutes later, the whole rest of the cabin's in line behind me. (laughs) And we're all like, what is going on, right? And finally, the door starts shaking. It flings open. And there she is, the Indian grandmother guru, with all of her white robes completely tangled up. (laughs) No. And as she sweeps her way out back into economy all of her robes somehow got tangled in with the toilet paper holders. So the toilet paper had popped out and she's now has a trail of toilet paper following her, just sort of. And so, you know, we're all standing there watching this right now. I still remember holding my toothbrush and I turn around to the guy behind me. I'm like, you can go first. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. The pleasure is all yours. But that was so San Francisco, the whole, all the stereotypes were all there. Just And someone's like, can you imagine if someone tried burning incense in, like, the Detroit airport? It probably would have caught fire. We weren't that far yes. removed from 9-11 and, you know, the liquid band in 2003 and the shoes off, right, and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, things were still a little tense. Not an SFO. So, anyway, with that wonderful non sequitur. Um, you know, something else I think you saw at the airport that was really cool was, and I, I had, didn't take enough time to look at it, was seeing... Was it Older Transgender Photos?
1: Yes. uh, To Survive on This Shore, I believe was the name of it. Yes. And it it was this wonderful photo exhibit inside the connector area between T2 and T3, right? Yes. This is going to sound really out there probably to most of you, but there is a particular performance artist known as Justin Viviana Bond who... For quite some while, was part of a two-person musical act called Kiki and Herb. It was it was this ridiculous, rowdy, like sort of like piano bar pair of performers, and and they they did the most wonderfully ridiculous songs. And they were one of the people that was in there along with. It was it was this really I felt poignant collection of photos of transgender people who are well past their like. 50s and 60s, most of them. uh, Justin was 54 when they they had their picture taken. And it was just, I I will say, as a gay man, it was a powerful image to watch because I grew up in a generation that was very, very thinking that we were not going to make it to 40. And that was if we were lucky because of the AIDS virus. And to see all these people who are older and essentially without... We we you know our, our generation grew up without that older mentor collection of people in in our culture uh, because most of them were you know they 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 were gone by the time we were in our twenties and thirties and so desperately looking for guidance and direction on how to be good good little gay boys and girls it was it was really neat to see that exhibit I found it very touching and it was it was just. Something that if you know San Francisco, it's not surprising to see it there. But if you're just thinking as a person wandering through an airport, what you might encounter, I I think that was probably a very unexpected experience for a lot of people passing through. And I hoped it. I hope they got something out of it, because I know I certainly...
0: I hope so, too. And I think that that's actually so this this connector post-security is is new between terminals two and three. And it is dedicated to photography, I believe, at this point. I'm glad you got to see a little more in that whirlwind tour, right?
1: <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I had no idea that Ostaco was a sister city of San Francisco until I stumbled across that little, like, light Projection on the floor of the International Terminal.
0: Oh, that's right. So, I don't know. I guess we decided to do our design series again. There's always interesting things to talk about just in the aviation world alone. Anyway, it was good catching up with you. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you all next time.
1: Bye, kids. Aloha. This is Sebastian, your nerd bird. Mahalo for joining us on our podcast today. Be sure to check out our website, nerdbirds.co, where we have past episodes, photos, show notes, and other links.